Welcome to Where Will You Go, the FBC Telehoma Missions podcast, where we ask our members and our listeners a simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth? Today in the pod, we have our own Gareth Penfold. Gareth Penfold is going to be sharing with us what he's got going on, so stick around. You don't want to miss it. Well, Gareth, welcome to the pod. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I don't want to assume everybody knows everybody, so tell us a little bit about yourself, who you're married to, a little bit about your family dynamic. Um, just introduce yourself to us. Sounds good. Uh, I'm Gareth Penfold. Um, I'm married to my lovely wife, Lindsay Penfold. My parents are Tom and Jackie Penfold. If you've been around FBC for any amount of time, you've seen my mom in the nursery or my dad running around the halls. Um We've been at FBC since 1999. I was only four years old when we first started coming here. Um, yeah, and so I have been away for a little bit. We you know, went to college and lived in Murfreesboro for a little while after college, early in our marriage. But uh, December 2019, we decided to come on back to Tullahoma and make FBC our home again. And so for the last year and a half now, that's where we've been at. And it's been incredible. And as we're going to get into God's been calling us to some pretty awesome stuff out of here. So, so your mom is known for the nursery. She's also one of the administrative assistants here at the church. Your dad's always been seen in Awana and mm-hmm. here and there and everywhere. So you're no stranger to most of this church, especially if you've been around since 1999. <laughs> um, so t- what are you doing now? You came back to Tullahoma. You joined, f- rejoined First Baptist Church, made this your church home. What brought you back to Tullahoma? What are you doing here? Yeah, so uh, for the last four years, I've been an electrical engineer out at Arnold Air Force Base. I'm extremely surprised. (laughs) Engineer Arnold. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, last place I really thought I'd end up, but it's where God led me. And so after uh, two and a half years of commuting from Murfreesboro and, you know, it just wore me out. So we eventually got to the point where we decided, you know, our family's here, um, It'd be nice to have a shorter trip to work. Let's go ahead and move back to Tullahoma. Um, And so we did that in December 2019, and God knew better than we did because in March 2020, um, you know, the world stopped. (laughs) And it really would have been a terrible time to be in such a large city as Murfreesboro. So we were very thankful to be here, close to family, close to um, good friends, and not be so alone in Murfreesboro during a pandemic. So, yeah. So... What are you hoping and planning to do in the future? So we've brought you in here. You, this is your church you grew up in. You end up back in your hometown. People's expectation would be you will work at Arnold Air Force Base as an engineer until you retire, um, which is a lot of people. A lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that I've met here in this church, um, they work at Arnold or Jacobs, engineers. They do that for their whole life. They live a good, good life, um, have a good home have a good experience here in Tullahoma. So what is, is that your long-term goal or what are you hoping and planning to do in your future? Yeah. Uh, so it's not shockingly, I do not plan on staying at Arnold forever uh, or staying in Tullahoma forever. So something that God's been doing over the last year um, is he has called my wife, Lindsay and I to move to France to become missionaries to refugees um, who are, they're seeking asylum. Um, we have 
joined the International Association for Refugees, which some of you may have heard about from Brett McNew. Um, we are alongside with them, going to the exact same place, doing the same work, and we are very excited. Um, we had no idea when we moved to Tullahoma, you know, what could come of that. We felt like God was leading to something big by moving us back to Tullahoma. We never really thought, like, you know, this is going to be our last move. This is going to be our last place that we just, from here on out, you know, I'm 26 years old, so I didn't didn't plan on that being my life plan to just come back to Tullahoma and stay here forever. But I, I had no idea how quickly God would start working. Um, and so we just started praying last year. We just prayed, you know, God, what's next? What what are you calling us to? Where are we supposed to be? Where are we supposed to be going? Um, along with the McNews. And as God just kind of led us step by step, um, we found IAFR and we've, we started that process of becoming members with them um, and hearing more about the work they're doing around the world. Um, and it just, there was a lot of affirmation there that that was what God was calling us to, was to partner with them, to go, um, to leave my engineering job, to leave our family, to leave this church that we've been a part of for so long and set out on something new, set out on something that's scary. <laughs> it's a big deal to get up and We've never been to Europe. We've never been to France, um, but we trust that God has his hand in this. God is leading us. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what's ahead for us. Um, we don't know exactly when that comes. Um, so if you're listening at Arnold Air Force Base right now, this is not a resignation. No, that's this correct. Is just, this <laughs> is what we're praying for. This is what we're looking toward. We're in the process of, of exploring this opportunity with the intent to eventually go. But yep. You know, I'm going to be at work tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be at work tomorrow, the <laughs> next day, you know, continually until God says, all right, now it's time to pack up and leave. Um, so a big aspect of that is we're going to be support funded. We're going to um, live on other people supporting us who feel like God's calling them to partner with us. It's not just, you know, give us your money, we're going to run away. It's God's doing this work, and if you feel called to partner with us, then be obedient and step into that. Um, and we will be greatly appreciative of that. But until we're at a point where we're close enough that we can say, yeah, we've got enough support. We've got enough people with us that say, yeah, we're in this work with you. We're supporting you financially. We're supporting you with prayers. Until we reach that point, we're going to be here. Um, we're going to be in Tullahoma. We're going to be working. We're going to be trying to raise that support we're going to be talking to people trying to get their um you know support with what we're doing and then once we get to a, that place where we feel like all right god's provided people are partnered with us then we'll leave um that usually from what we've talked to um with people who have done this before they say it usually takes about 12 months for that to happen so right now our timeline you know God's got his timing, but our timeline based off of that information is it'll probably be summer 2022 before we're able to go ahead and leave and head to France. Um, so, yeah. And since this is a FBC Tullahoma, First Baptist Church Tullahoma Missions Podcast, I, just, I know we've probably said this before on the pod or in the pod on the podcast, but I think it's important that we kind of distinguish between what may be the norm to us and what is the actual norm. So if you are born and bred 
and bleed Southern Baptist like I have my entire life, then you know the first thought that comes to mind when you say missions is the International Mission Board. You just go through the process with the International Mission Board, and that is a a good organization. It's an organization we support with our cooperative program dollars. We support it with Lottie Moon offerings, and it is a good option for a lot of people to go through the International Mission Board. A couple of problems with that is they have a very rigid system and cookie cutter mold that you have to fit into in order to be approved. That's not bad. They're a big organization. They have to have that cookie cutter mold. So if you don't fit into that cookie cutter mold, you don't get to go with IMB. Second thing about the IMB is they generally focus primarily on unreached people groups. So they're sending people in to try to establish churches among unreached people groups. That's a great, great mission, a great thing to do. So both of those things are wonderful, and that's the norm for most Southern Baptists, especially those that have been around for a good while. But the reality is that most missionaries, most missionaries, I mean, and not not 51%, but more like 90-something percent of missionaries that are sent around the globe have to raise their own support. The only mission organization that pays their missionaries a salary is the International Mission Board. So it's not the only mission organization. It's not a bad mission organization. It's a great mission organization, but there's other things that people are called to do, work with refugees, train international pastors, go in and work in orphanages that are worthy works, and they have to go through other organizations, and they have to raise their own support. And though that seems odd to us, it is, in fact, the norm for most missionaries. So we have uh, Gareth here. He's he's an engineer now. He's working faithfully now, but he's praying towards and looking towards what God is going to do with him in the future. And on that note, I just want to take this moment to remind you about the book of the month. I hope you listen to Trevor Johnson's podcast this month, and this book kind of came out of his missionary experience there in Papua, Indonesia. Uh, John Payton has an autobiography. He was a missionary to the New Hebrides back when it was hard to be a missionary. There was no WhatsApp. There was no FaceTime calls. There were no airplane rides. You went, you lived, you stayed, you died. And he gave his life to the New Hebrides. And if you haven't read his autobiography, it is a moving, moving story of family, church, ministry, and missions, and how God really impacted an entire people with the gospel through John Payton's efforts. So get it, John Payton's autobiography. Look it up on Amazon, buy it, read it, and be encouraged and be challenged. That's our book of the month. All right, Gareth, what made you decide to do this? Okay, so you're moving to France. I know part of that is probably the McNews and that relationship, and it's good to go together, if you can, to places with people that you're already connected with. Uh, but kind of give us a rundown of what made you decide to pursue this for your future. There's pieces of the puzzle that go back, mm-hmm. um, probably years, that you may can fill us in on. Yeah, um, so to go back, uh, all the way back to 2006, I was a little sixth grader. Um, Hurricane Katrina had just hit the southern United States, and my dad went down with another church member and uh, 
just knew we've, we've got to go help these people. We've got to go send a team, do something. And so they went down. They ended up in a little town called Lakeshore, Mississippi, and they found a church that needed some help down there. And we decided to partner with them as uh, church to church. And so from then on, we sent teams every year down to Mississippi. And from sixth grade until sophomore year of high school, I was on that team um, every fall break. I spent a full week in Mississippi rebuilding houses. I learned how to plumb, how to you know wire electrical things in houses. Um, I got to serve alongside men of this church that otherwise I really didn't have a reason to talk to as a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was an incredible opportunity to see the body of Christ at work serving others um, here in the United States. And that started something in me that just, it was just this passion to serve others, to love others, to go, to take the resources for me as a middle schooler. That was time. I had a week off school, so I would take that week and go with this team and go help. Um, and so that that developed in high school. Um, Pastor Andy had come to the church and said, we're going to send a team to Honduras. Um, we're going to go spend 10 days in Honduras. And so I got to go there twice, um, two different summers. I got to go with different teams, different dynamics, but uh, went and served in a village in Honduras. And it was incredible to just be a part of what God was already doing around the world. Um, we There was already a missionary there. It wasn't that we were doing something, you know, that was just just us trying to put our name out there. It was, we were just, God was already working and we were just being faithful to go, um, be faithful to use our resources, our time, um, and just help these people. And so going into college, I already had this passion in me, this, this desire to do more with my time and resources than just live the American dream and to just, you know, be content here in in my little world but to to look outside and say you know what's god doing around the world and how can i be a part of that um so while i was in college i really learned the value of the local church and understood better um that the way god works in this world is through the local church it's not just you know organizations and and ministries that are separate from the church but to to make something that's lasting, um, you've got to partner with the local churches. You've got to have them involved. Um, and God just is so faithful to the church to continue to work through them. Um, and so that in me, kind of, I was turning that around and trying to figure out, you know, okay, I've got this passion for missions, but now I'm seeing this passion for the local church. Do I do I go get a ministry degree? And at one point in college, I actually contemplated leaving my engineering program and going to a, a Bible college to get mm-hmm. a different degree. And after mm-hmm. talking to Eric Campbell, um, who actually has a bachelor's degree in engineering um, and is out on the mission field, he said, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that an engineering degree opens up for you that a Bible degree is not going to. Um, you know, there's certain places you're going to raise some red flags if you show up with a Bible degree. He said, you show up with an electrical engineering degree, nobody's going to question you. Right. So uh, that helped me to go, all right, I'll finish out my last two years, get my degree, and then we'll see what God does. Um, so, so yeah, so getting out of college, I had this passion for foreign missions, but 
I also was getting married in a month and trying to figure out my life. And um, so I, you know, was in prayer and God opened the door for us to get a job at Arnold Air Force Base and to, to move to Murfreesboro. And so we, we started down that path. And um, from the start, Lindsay and I both just felt like we could go anywhere. Like we could mm-hmm. do anything. I have an engineering degree. She has a psychology degree and, um, you know, God, God could use us anywhere. Where do we go? And, um, so for the last four years, we've been asking that question and it wasn't until we started praying last summer, um, after moving back to Tullahoma, started praying with the McNews and it just, God started answering that question. Mm-hmm. And we always had, you know, you can, pick a map, throw a dart at it, and pick where you want to go, and that's all fine and good. But if God's not in it, if there's not that call, if there's not um, you know, a reason for you to go there, there, it just didn't line up for us. We, we didn't want to just pick somewhere random. We wanted it to be spirit-led that we ended up where we, where we go. And so um, we didn't set out with France in mind. We didn't set out with Europe in mind. We didn't know um, a year ago exactly what we were going to go do, but we knew – God was calling us to something different. And so just through prayer, through fasting, um, Brett ended up finding the International Association for Refugees. He had just finished um, in 2019. He had gone to Germany um, with the church and had this passion for refugees. And Lindsay and I have never worked with refugees. And so we just wanted to be faithful to God. We were willing to work in any ministry context possible. We just wanted to be obedient to whatever it was God was calling us to. And so over the last year, um, as we've prayed, as God has led us to the International Association for Refugees, and as we've learned more, God has stirred that in us. Um, They release, every year they release statistics on refugees uh, in the world. And right now, one in 95 people are forcibly displaced. Mm -hmm. And that means... Due to man-made conflict, these people have been run out of where they live. It's it's a huge, huge issue right now, and and that's as, not even counting the internally displaced people correct. that are still displaced. They're yeah. just still in their country. It is the biggest crisis in our generation. Yeah, and so and the biggest opportunity. Exactly. So that's the thing: is this isn't just a humanitarian issue, but as a believer. Some of these people are in countries that I'm never going to access. And that's something that uh, I learned. I, it was like an epiphany to me years ago. Lindsay and I, before we were married, before we were even dating, we led missions at Vacation Bible School here. And one of the missionaries that they were focusing on was in Toronto, Canada. And we were like, why, why are there missionaries in Toronto? And what it was was all of these international mm-hmm. People are coming to Toronto. And so these missionaries were taking the opportunity to share Christ with them. And then these people would go home. They'd go mm-hmm. back to China. They'd go back to North Korea. They'd go back to countries that we can't get to. we're not going to get to. And they would have the opportunity to share their faith. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you have 80 million people that are no longer in their country, they're now in our country, they're in the EU, they're, they're wherever they have found asylum, it opens up this opportunity for us to build relationships, to share the hope of Jesus with them, um, and to just love them and show them the love of Jesus that um, 
you know, a non-Christian humanitarian organization, they can, they can feed them, they can build tents for them, but, but faith and this hope that we have in Jesus Christ, this, the Red Cross isn't going to be giving out the hope of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, so, yeah, so as this year has gone on, we've, we've been in training sessions with IAFR and they've just showed us the work they've done around the world and also the need and why this is important, why we believe that um, it is a call for the church to reach out to these refugees because it's easy to point to them and say, well, you have these lost people that are now available, but there's also believers. There's believers that are coming out of these nations that are being persecuted for their faith Mm -hmm. and are now in France, and you have people who were pastors in their home and and these churches that are popping up in these tent cities. And so to step in and partner with them, not just come in and say, you know, I know better than you because I'm a American, but to say, I want to learn from you because mm-hmm. heaven is going to look like the nations. Right. It's going to be everybody. And so to have that opportunity to partner with these other believers that I – sitting in Tullahoma, Tennessee, I'm not going to have the opportunity to go meet with these people. Um, but yeah, so that's different pieces of puzzle that have led us to this call to go to France to um, partner with a missionary that's already there. Um, his name's Paul Sidnor. Um, he's been there for a couple of years, and they recently launched a ministry center um, that is partnered with two or three local churches to... Um, be able to teach refugees French and have computer skill classes and um, just really have a place for these people to come and rest and find safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of um, ministry that hasn't been defined yet because it won't be defined until we show up because right now Paul's all alone. Um, mm-hmm. He's doing this as a one-man show right now. He had another missionary family with him, but they – had to come back to the States in 2020 for some medical issues. Um, and so there's just this deep need, and the refugees are all over the place. Um, and some people might ask, why are refugees from northern Africa and the Middle East ending up in north east northwestern France? And the answer there is the, um, the British Channel. They're trying to get to the U.K. Um, they have... You know, gotten into the EU further south, and they're they're trying to make it to a country that would accept them. And once you're in the EU system, whether that's Italy, France, Germany, wherever you, you know, declare for asylum, you're stuck until you you have your hearing case, and that can be years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, since Brexit, the UK is no longer a part of the EU, so that's a whole different system, and people are trying to get across, they're trying to get to the UK to try to declare for asylum there so that they have a better chance. And so you have this dam of people that are literally just stuck because they can't cross the water. Right. And so to make that kind of a, a optimal location for us to step into where there's just plenty of refugees there and Um, probably be more so yes that it's a complex issue for sure um and it's a complex effort to try to get there so give us a few things that we can pray for you and obviously one of those is going to be support so Mm -hmm. as you you know list out a few prayer requests you can tell people if somebody's moved by what's going on in your life they and how they can uh, give to support your work 
Yeah. So um, our support, and I'll just start with that. Our support is um, you can get there through IAFR.org, um, or we have just recently created a website for people to be able to keep up with us, and it's called, uh, it's on Epistle, and so the, the URL is Penfold, P-E-N-F-O-L-D, dot Epistle, E-P-I-S-T-L-E, dot Today, T-O-D-A-Y. And that, from now until we leave, and then once we're on the field, will be the best way for large groups of people to be able to keep up with us. Um, It's a pretty cool service if you want weekly updates on what we're doing, or you want monthly updates, or you're really excited and want daily updates. You get to pick that. That way we're not blowing up your email inbox mm-hmm. without you know your consent so um yeah that'll be the best way to keep up with how our progress is going what we're doing and there's also a give button on our website that'll take okay. you directly to the give link and the big thing with support is it is what we'll be living off of it'll also be our ministry expenses so anytime we come up with a ministry opportunity that we want to start it'll come out of those funds Mm -hmm. um there's not a separate ministry budget your support goes straight to what we're doing in france um and so the big need there is monthly giving um one-time gifts are great obviously there's a lot of cost to move to france and then Mm -hmm. on the other side come back but um knowing that we have somebody partnered with us every single month who's going to be a part of what god's doing and supporting us um is the best way to help us out. Um, prayers, 12 months is a long time and a very short time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot to prepare for, but it's also a lot can happen in a year. And so staying encouraged, staying um, focused on what God's doing and what he has called us to, and just reminding ourselves of, you know, this is God's call. Like, God has called us to it. We just have to continue to be faithful in the waiting. Um, and so... Please be praying for us to just persevere, to be steadfast in um, just working towards leaving. Um, we need support. We, if any of you have a D group, a Sunday school class, uh, another church that you think might be interested in hearing what God's doing in France and how they can partner with us to be a part of that, um, you can reach out to us and let us know, and we would love to sit down and have coffee or dinner or meet with you and just share what God's been up to. Um, or if you were at the August 22 lunch that we recently had, you can, and you have a group that might benefit from here, and you can always reach out. We can put you in touch with them if you need us to. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yep. All right. Well, let me pray for you. Gareth, thank you for joining us today and taking time to share with what's going on. And um, we'll be continuing to pray for you. And if you listen, you pray with us for Gareth and Lindsay as they push forward with what they believe God's called them to do. So let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, the day. We thank you for the blessings you've given us. We thank you for Gareth, Lindsay, and their willingness to be uh, sensitive to what you would have them to do with their lives and to be willing to put that blank check on the table and seek to follow you we just pray for this next year as they're looking down the barrel of of this coming year and all that it holds all that needs to be done all the boxes that need to be checked all the funds that need to be raised all the prayer support that needs to be gathered we pray that you would give them energy perseverance that you would encourage them that you would bring people alongside them to encourage them 
God, that you would give them the focus that they need to keep their eyes on you in the midst of challenges and difficulties and in the midst of things to celebrate. God, we pray that you would raise up supporters for them, both prayer supporters, financial supporters that would come alongside of them. God, we'll thank you for how you bless them, how you use them, what you do with them. Uh, We trust you and your sovereign plan to work out your will and your time for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Gareth. Again, if you would like to support them, you can go to ifr.org or today and do that. Thank you for joining us today for the FBC Tullahoma Missions Podcast. If you have not gone down the hallway by the library and checked out that mission wall, do that. Listen to those testimonies. Look at where we're involved around the world as a church. Don't forget to download that Joshua Project app to your phone. Pray for the Unreached Unengaged People groups every day. And let's pray that the Lord would use us to accomplish all that he has for us. Thank you for joining us. Hope to see you next time. God bless.